Hi there. I'm Lee Redhead, a writer and member of Sisters in Crime Australia. Welcome to Scarlet Stiletto Bites, scintillating short stories by Australian women. Our weekly podcast is designed for busy lives. Each murder mystery is short, but not always sweet. Expect twisted tales, quirky humour, imagination, and a frisson of feminism. Sisters in Crime Australia's Scarlet Stiletto Awards were established in 1994 to unearth criminal literary talent. We're producing these podcasts of winning stories to celebrate the sisters' 30th anniversary ceremony in Melbourne in late 2023. The concept designer and narrator is fellow sister, actor, barrister, broadcaster, and best-selling true crime author, Susanna Lopez. Hello, Susanna here. Some crimes are solved by intuition, gut instinct. Others by serendipity, like this one, where an op shop provided clues. Everything, $2 on this rack, by Kate Kennedy, 1994 Scarlet Stiletto winner. Why is it that in the first scene of Private Eye films, the gumshoe gets visited by a breathless, ditzy blonde woman worried about her disappeared husband? Nobody like that ever came into my office. My stock in trade was more like the specimen in front of me now. Male, mid-forties, hair thinning, belly paunching, and practically wilting with tedium. He may as well have had middle management public servant tattooed across his head. He sipped prissily at weak white tea, sweetened with his own saccharin that he kept specially in his pocket. I could feel a headache coming on. My wife's left me, he said, and I want you to find her and find out why. I can tell you why now and save you money. I felt like saying, but stayed quiet. I needed the work. Please go on, Mr Michaels. I think she may have joined some weird cult. His pale eyes blinked. His tone was solemn. With respect, Mr Michaels, that seems a little far-fetched. You don't know Carol. She was always reading books about astrology and past lives. She she had these ideas about the anti-aging process. We had to drink grass juice. The thought of wanting to prolong your time with this guy was a depressing one. He sat looking at me accusingly as the imaginary coach bolt tightened across my head. Well, that doesn't really qualify as cult behaviour... Was there anyone she was seeing? Always a delicate question, this one, when dealing with the rejected spouse, because nine times out of ten, there was. You mean an affair? Well, someone she may have wanted to... The words escape with hovered dangerously close. I changed them in the nick of time to leave with. I was expecting a stinging retort to the contrary, but instead he slumped his round shoulders and looked defeated. That could have been, 
he said helplessly. I hardly knew what was going on in Carol's head most of the time. If it wasn't belly dancing, it was chant and be happy. She was talking about going to Nepal a few days before she left. It struck me that, even if a little eccentric, Carol Michaels was a good deal more interesting than her husband. I tried, he was saying. She was dead queen on aquarobics all the spring, and she wanted to cash in some of my super to build a heated pool, so we started that. She had an appointment with the fellow to look over some pavers, trying to decide what colour we should landscape with around the pool area. Then she up and left. I was beginning to like Carol Michaels more and more. I took a few notes, trying to shield my headache from the early summer glare outside. Did she take her passport? I have no idea. I certainly can't find it anywhere. Most of her clothes are gone and her makeup and what have you. Uh, she's, she's got a sister in North Queensland she's thick as thieves with. Shirley's into this yoga and bean sprouts business as well. Came down last year and they both went off to hear Shirley MacLaine talking about <laughs> dolphin energy or something. I'm, I'm actually more interested in the boyfriend angle, I said, writing CD, my code for complete dill, in my notebook next to his name. Did she work with anyone, likely, or, or was there a, a, a neighbour or friend? I could imagine his wife, any woman, pulling the pin on this guy and shooting through, but with whom? Her aquarobics instructor? Was she at this moment reaching enlightenment in a Nepalese monastery with the guy from the health food shop? Well, if it was anyone, it'd be the bloke from the nursery up the road, said Brian Michaels firmly, surprising me. Why do you feel that? I pressed patiently, underlining the CD and putting a star next to it. She had him around all the time. They were always gossiping about catalogues and aromatherapy and what have you. He sighed gustily. She's been consulting him about the meadow of native grasses she wants to turn the front lawn into. Suddenly, as I rooted in the desk drawer for a soluble aspirin, I felt a flash of pity for him. He couldn't help being dullish. I consulted his details. Oh, my God, spare me. Pharmaceutical salesman. Okay, so peddling new brands of casting plaster to dentists and trying to get enthused about thermometers could turn anyone dull. Perhaps Carol Michaels was a flighty, fat-obsessed woman who'd just got it into her head to take off with the chap from the nursery. Maybe her husband was the long-suffering one. Uh, What's the guy's name, this uh, nursery man? Um, Haynes, Francis Haynes. He gave me the address and I took copies of Carol's birth certificate, licence number and medical history, which he'd brought with him in a tidy file. I'll check whether your wife has used her passport or booked online air tickets somewhere, and I'll 
find out if this Haynes is missing too, okay? I smiled as winningly as I could under the circumstances. He nodded rapidly, running his finger nervously under his collar. Getting very warm, isn't it? he said in a sudden attempt at small talk. Soon be summer. A thought struck me. Did did your wife take summer or winter clothes, Mr Michaels? Uh, winter, sort of. Some sweaters and a coat, you know, the kind of things. Some uh, slacks, a few long-sleeved shirts. Mostly she's taken to wearing those Indian-style clothes, cheesecloth, baggy things. They're all gone too. I studied the photo he'd given me. A blurry shot of a woman at a barbecue. Her plate piled high, wistabooly. She looked distracted, her short hair blue in her face. She could have been anyone. She looked like a librarian or the lady at your lead lighting class. Her shirt was green striped, with a long pointy collar circa 1970s with big red buttons. I'd like to see some more photographs if I made this one. Doesn't tell me much. Yes, I'm not much of a photographer. I have an album at home. Would you like me to bring it in? No. uh, How about I drop by and see them tomorrow? Right now I'm going home to sit in a cold bathtub for a while. I smiled wanly. The late afternoon sun was pouring through the window. We were both shiny with sweat and my headache was still pounding at my temples. Mr Michaels stood and nodded. I just want you to find her and ask what's going on, he said. I'll make it my business, I replied, rising to shake his hand. The next morning was just as hot as I drove slowly to his house, a bigger anonymous suburban number than I had imagined, flanked on either side by dwellings based around the same generic plan. A huge hole had been torn into the back lawn like a tooth from a gum. I glanced down into it and then made my way around the idle earth-moving machine to the outdoor furniture set where my client sat, his hand on a photo album. Well, that's her pool, said Brian Michaels with a humourless smile. I never realised they made such a mess. They have to dig down a fair way. Look at the rest of the lawn, it's ruined. And there's going to be another great truck here this afternoon when they come to pour the concrete. Again, I I felt a tweak of sympathy for the man left paying the bill for his wife's dream project. It might all be a, a misunderstanding, Mr. Michaels, I offered lamely. Your wife might just need some uh, space. That sounds exactly like her, he said bitterly. Well, let's look at your photos then, shall we? Here was Carol Michaels over a period of years. Brian was right. Her tastes in clothing had veered towards the floaty and ethnic of late, but she'd always obviously had individual tastes. A camel coat with a fur collar and cali green trousers, a pair of spotty bathers and a big straw hat. In each photo she smiled 
determinedly into the camera with mild blue eyes. It was hard to say whether she was shrewd or credulous, happy or sad. She had the kind of face that could slip into a crowd and not be noticed by airline stewards, hotel staff or the person at the corner shop. Tracking her down might be more difficult than I'd thought. Up in her room, her wardrobe was pretty well cleared out, as well as all the drawers. No jewellery left, no incriminating letters declaring ardent love for someone other than her husband, no notepads with hotel reservations conveniently outlined. I returned to Mr Michaels and the photos. Thanks for letting me see these, Mr Michaels. I'll I'll take a couple for reference, if that's okay. Certainly. And now, if you'll excuse me, I have to deal with the tradesman about the pebble dash. I left and headed down to the local nursery, a patch of greenery in an industrial zone of hardware shops, car detailers and discount tyre marts. I wandered into the greenhouse area and gazed at some shrubs for a while, feeling guilty about my own garden, or or rather my eight square feet of decking. Can I help you at all? A tall, extremely handsome young man was standing behind me, a a spray pump in his hand. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something that thrives on neglect. Hmm, you'd better get a cactus although people don't realise how much water a cactus actually needs. Well, I can certainly simulate a desert environment, I smile. Actually, I'm looking for a Francis Haynes. Does he work here? He certainly does. We run the place together. Oh, good. Uh, He's not on his summer holidays by any chance. We never take holidays around here, the guy said with a laugh, heading for the greenhouse door. Hang on, I'll I'll, I'll give him a yell. Francis Haynes, when he joined us a moment later, was the second most perfect specimen of manhood I'd seen. And both on the same day. I wondered if the heat was getting to me. Uh, What can I do for you, he asked, taking off his sunglasses and wiping his forehead. I told him my name and my business. I'm wondering if uh, you know a Mrs. Carol Michaels. Sure I do. Nice lady with a drip-dry husband. She comes in here often. We're helping her design a a rockery landscape garden. She seems to have left for parts unknown with person or persons unknown, I said. He raised his eyebrows. How intriguing. Good for her. Her husband had a feeling she might have left with you. Francis looked at his business partner. Then they both looked at me, their mouths twitching. I'm slow. It took me about five seconds and then we all burst out laughing. When I took my leave with a cactus ten minutes later, we were the best of friends. So absolutely no leads there, I thought, with a sense of frustration. Maybe I'd phone the sister in Queensland and 
see if Carol had gone there, or at the very least confided in her. I'd just put the cactus in the car and was wondering if there was a cafe in walking or short driving distance when I spotted the Opportunity Shop. Op shops are my weakness. There's something about coming out with a bag full of stuff you've just bought for a couple of bucks that just lifts the spirits. I looked at my watch, decided I had a few minutes to spare and ducked inside. Humming to myself, I wandered up the aisle of one-dollar bargains and passed the women's winter tops to the rack that said antique clothes and fancy dress. Op shops always have a rack like this. It's, it's where they put the unusual stuff. Once in a small country op shop in New South Wales, I found a fabulous red ball gown made in 1952, but, but I digress. Something made me stop and focus on the $2 rack. Looking back, I marvel at the random set of circumstances that allowed me to fluke my best ever find and how close I'd come to resisting temptation and walking away to find some lunch. I slowly reached out my hand for the coat hanger as a cold wave yawned up and turned over in my stomach because there was the shirt, the green-striped 70s number with the pointy collar and red buttons. A little further back on the rack was a camel hair coat with a fur collar. It was only later that I considered there could have been a different logical explanation for this. Carol Michaels could easily have cleaned out her own wardrobe on the way to her new life. She could have turfed out all this old stuff into the op shop bin on her way to the airport. I don't know why this sensible, perfectly feasible scenario didn't occur to me at once. But I just knew somehow that that wasn't so. I knew without a second thought that all Carol's clothes would be here somewhere, along with her suitcase and makeup and the poor woman's stockings and underwear. I knew because I felt tears of pity filling my eyes as I stood there, holding her shirt with the childish buttons. Fluking yet. Not a very professional investigative method, I know, but there you are. And how can you say to a police detective, you know and respect... Look, I, I, I just know she's dead because I'm already grieving for her. Sometimes a person just has to take their stomach's word for something and that's all there is to it. I arrived back at my client's house a few minutes before the police. I skirted a neat pile of pink and dove grey pavers and caught the attention of the guy backing the concrete mixer up to the edge of that huge, dark, wet hole. When I flashed my ID, he turned off the engine, leaving the mixer turning, and climbed out. Brian Michaels emerged from the house, looking polite and helpful, wearing the professional face that no doubt helped him sell a lot of pharmaceuticals. I'm sorry, 
I said loudly to the driver, but you won't be pouring any concrete here for a while. I watched Brian Michael's face twist and sag. You ruthless bastard, I said, hearing the doors slamming on the squad cars in the drive. The end. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love your feedback. Subscribe for free to Scarlet Stiletto Bites wherever you get podcasts. And do visit our website, sistersincrime.org.au.